It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Well, 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 welcome in, welcome in. Nice to have you with us uh, here on this uh, Tuesday, and what a landmark Tuesday it has been. There is a ton of stuff going on. I don't like this hurricane, Ben. I don't like it. Name is Ian. I don't know anybody named Ian, but I imagine they're not a pleasant person. (laughs) Well, let's not. Sorry to all the Ians out there. I'm sure you're great if you're listening right now. Right. Let's not besmirch all the good-named people out there uh, that have the name Ian. The good name of Ian. Let's let's not do that. I'm sure if there's an Ian listener right now, they're the exception. Right. They're or it could be Ian. Yeah. It could be Ian. Maybe that's the way you pronounce it instead of Ian. You just go with Ian. I, you know, it's um got a lot of good sound today for a uh, pirate report. We have some ECU football players we'll hear from. We have some uh, really uh good sound from uh, a guy who I like uh, a great deal, and that is uh Mike Swartz, coach, had the summer cut going today. Yeah, he shook everybody's hand as well. He made me feel important. I was like, oh, you don't have to do that, coach. And uh, we're going to have media day for Pirate Basketball coming up in uh, mid-October. Is that right? That's right. The 19th. The 19th. Uh, It'll be at 2 o'clock from the Town Bank Tower. So we're uh, going to plan a show that day. In fact, I was talking uh, a little earlier today uh, with – Grady Dillon, who's now the new uh, media contact for basketball, about that. So I think uh, I'm going to try to con Cy into coming on and being with me at the table. I think you would uh, love that. You would enjoy that a lot, I think. Uh, Cy and I are going to be back for the telecast. That was uh, confirmed to us today. Uh, we had it, it was official today, I, I should say that. It was made official today. So uh, looking forward to being back on the Plus Games with uh, – one Silas Seymour for the uh, season ahead. I think that's going to be a great deal of fun. This will be a fun group. I, I think they're going to be um, they're going to be young. Clearly, yeah, they got a gel and they play in a big boy league. And but I think they're going to play hard. I think they're going to play defense. So there's a lot of positives. I think are going to be uh, out of this upcoming season. And I'll take that. I mean, we had a lot of pirate groups in the past where defense was definitely uh, the weak spot for sure. So the fact he's putting emphasis on defense, we know these guys can score. It's just a matter of can they defend. And I think that's huge, especially in our league. That's getting tougher and tougher, it seems like, every year. Well, I think you got to have them play defense early in their respective uh, time together. Yep, absolutely. Because... Um, it, look, they're going to have times because they're so young, they're going to have times where they have problems scoring. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to be. So, uh, of course, let, let's go back and, and uh, in case you've missed it, uh, the decision was made today to move the ECU South Florida game to Boca Raton. And they will play at uh, FAU Stadium. So look at Florida Atlantic already coming in there and doing some positive things as a member of the American. How about that? 
They're a team player. I like it. Not even in the league yet. I think they're playing at uh, North Texas on a Saturday night. So uh, that part of Florida, I mean, it's going to see plenty of rain, but it, I don't think it's going to see quite the devastation. I'll tell you what, this uh, hurricane, just to, the cone of uncertainty is getting further and further inland and pushing out into the Atlantic. I do not want it to get out into the Atlantic. Because if it gets out into the Atlantic, that means it could go due north when it gets into the Atlantic. And Ben, I know you're a geography whiz. What is north of Florida? Well, you got Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. There you go. Stop there. That's the right answer. And if we want to get really for extra credit on the right answer, the working man's beach is also north of there. Did you like I set them in order as well? Do I get extra credit for that? You know, order from South. Well, it really North. wasn't the right answer. You got to it eventually. The right answer, the one that matters is the Costa de Johnson at the beach is, what, <laughs> there you go. is what's up there. And I, I don't mean to be, yeah, look, I'm very concerned because I have a lot of friends still in Florida. I'm just con concerned for humanity in general. Well, we're worried about our community. You know, we serve our community. I'm worried about and, the yeah. Casa de Johnson. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm <laughs> concerned about well, that's that. That's part of the community. I mean, this is yeah. part of the state, you know. So, and and because this thing is taking a hellacious wobble, but then they say it's going to take a, it's kind of gone right now. It's going to go left and, and go up still through Charlotte. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. I do know this. We're going to have a ton of rain. All right. So, um, tomorrow, David Sawyer is going to be on with us. A Storm Team 9 meteorologist who's, who comes on the show anytime we have a weather event. His son, by the way, is playing offensive line at Columbia. In the Ivy League. Wow. And, Whoa. yeah, they've got a chance, Columbia does, to have one of their best seasons ever. And they play Princeton this weekend. Wow. So Ivy League. Good, good luck to uh, – yeah, pretty smart. So good luck to uh, Columbia. I think the Lions – Google that, Ben, because I am uh, – we'll root for David Sawyer's kid. It could either be two answers, a Bulldog or a Lion. No, no, it's a, I believe it's the Lions. Just Google it and, and take right, a, and let I me know. You. We played them in baseball, I feel like, a couple we years did. ago. We I, did. I think that did happen, yes. Might have been the ill-fated COVID year. Um, <laughs> Columbia Lions, there you go. Yep, was the Lions. Look at you. So, um, go Lions this weekend. So, uh, the game has been moved to Boca Raton, Florida, FAU Stadium, ECU South Florida. It'll be played Saturday, and it'll be played at 2.30. The good news about that is uh, it's early. And we'll be on the air at 11.30 with our uh, Pirate Game Day countdown. We're still deciding if uh, maybe we'll have a, a lead-in from 11 to 11.30 just to kind of come on at the top of the hour and not uh, interrupt uh, live from Vegas or whatever it is they, they got on at that time. Usually it's uh, we'll, like some guys just talking about the college football games that are on. Yeah, yeah. Weekend programming on Fox. So we'll uh, we'll do that. Now, all of this was broken today. It was not broken by, uh, you know, your your buddy who, you know, thinks they're an insider. That your guy that's you know, got a no, friend in Florida. Right. He's got, He's got a friend in Florida or, check. right, or knows the guy who dates the girl who, uh, you know, is best friends with the wife of the equipment. No. The person to break this this morning, uh, that this was going to happen, and 
it had been kind of bandied about, but to actually break it and put it out there in print on the Palm Beach Post was Emily Smar. And Emily Smar, I'm gonna we're gonna try to get her on the pregame show. Emily Smar is uh, you know, covers she's gonna actually cover the game. Emily Smar has uh, since changed her name. And you can follow her on Twitter, at Emily underscore Smar. It's two E's on the end of Emily. Emily, quote, sources Smar. And so I, you know, I, I obviously we got the report this morning and we, you know, reported her report. Well, then I was wondering, what is sources Smar? Well, she got a little bit of the, uh, the Woj treatment, if you will. Where is this? Let me find this. May have to go to my Twitter to to discover this. What was so? What do you mean by the woes treatment? So, <laughs> yeah, here it is. So Pete Thamel, who we've invited on this show, reports uh, right after presumably he sees Emily report in an actual article on the Palm Beach Post. Sources. USF's game with ECU's been moved to Boca Raton on Saturday. They'll play at FAU Stadium. The source? Emily Smar. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So did he just said sources and didn't say he just said sources was. without crediting Smar because Smar is just a meager prep news reporter at the Palm Beach Post. She's well, that- not on the worldwide leader. She's not on Fox. She's not this. She's not that, but she just, you know what she did? A good piece of journalism that proved to be correct. Absolutely. That seems to be lost. Uh, trust me, I was dealing with that all last night. People saying, well, I heard this and I heard that. And I called right. my well, friend and I called that's... my buddy and he's a good source. And it's like, well, he doesn't work in media. And uh, who is he? Who is it? Why, why am I going to believe this random guy? That's so smart. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you sources. And she quote tweeted uh, Thamel's report and then Put a link of her story under it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's journalism. I mean, everybody wants to be first, or they want to be the one that has the first, or they want to say they own the story. Well, I mean, just look, get the accurate information. It's funny because I was talking to my wife about a real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode. Uh-oh. And the women make it all <laughs> kinds of, uh, of a fuss, let's just say. Yeah. And I said, well, this woman reminds me of blank. Because she's trying to stir up stuff for relevancy. And there's just such a quest. And it's, and it's just not here. It's everywhere in sports fandom and political fan, fandom. And everybody wants to be relevant. Yeah, look no you know, They don't want to work. They ESPN. don't want to work in the industry. They don't want to do the work and, and abide by the things you have to abide by. But everybody wants to be relevant. So everybody will say, well, I know this because so-and-so told me. But they won't ever... They're never right. They're never a hundred. They don't. They don't get paid, and they don't have anything to gain or lose. Well, they think they have a lot to gain, but they have nothing to lose if they if they report on that. I, you know, we're we've broken things. We've also reported other people's reporting. Yeah. We, we try to be right. That's all we strive for in our little slice of the world is is to be right. Not relevancy, not uh, clout, not clicks, not hoping people will like my selfie. We just try to be right and do a good job. That's all we do. We try to be professionals. That's all I've ever aspired to be. Um, so I give a shout-out to Emily Smart, and we're going to try to get her on the pregame because she's covering the game. 
I think this is going to be fantastic. I'm very excited about it. And look, I think this is going to be South Florida. There's no real home field advantage with them. So this will be in a way kind of like playing in South Florida. If you think about it, actually, you'll actually be in South Florida playing South Florida. That's kind of a nice yeah. concept, of, perhaps a lot of pirate fans in Florida as well. There are. And look, I, I hope everybody down there is okay. Cause this is going to be a major deal coming aboard. It's going to slow down and it's just going to be a real problem. Uh, this hurricane is and uh, everybody you, you can't afford in something like this to wait and make a call. So, uh, you know, good on everybody who's gone ahead and, and, you know, the high schools, there's a lot of eye rolling on this. The rain may not be here when games would be played on uh Friday night, but you can't wait and, and make that decision. So you don't know which direction or where this storm is going. And everybody's safety is paramount. Same thing with, um, you know, these college players. I think Wake Forest said today if the ACC doesn't make a decision, they're just not going to go down. I guess they're playing at Florida State or at Miami this weekend. I'm not sure which one. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean – they, they basically are saying they're not going to go down to Florida if the ACC doesn't uh, doesn't pull the plug on it. And again, that that is a true. We're worried about the safety of of uh, everybody. That's what that is. Florida State is where they're supposed to play Saturday at three thirty. Now it looks like it's increasingly the eye of this storm is increasingly going away from Tallahassee, so they'll get rain or they'll have rain. But you know, also there's the travel aspect of it. NC State's travel will not be as, you know, tough. It's going to be tough to ride in buses through this thing on Friday, but, I mean, it's not going to be as tough to get there. And basically, if you can get there and the officials are there, you have a game, whether anybody's in the stands or not. And it'll be a nice taste to to kind of go down there to FAU Stadium and get a sense of what that's all about. They've done some work to it, I believe. And so it'll be nice to, to kind of get a feel for what, that holds an ECU's future down in Boca Raton. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, we do have a Houston huddle coming up for you today. Uh, we have a pirate report. Which one do you want to do next, Ben? I say let's do the pirate report. Okay, pirate report coming your way. It'll have a oblong ball feel to it and a round ball feel to it. Uh, as we uh, run through some pirate player comments, we'll hear from the great Jalen Johnson. Mike Swartz, and Jason Shuford, defensive lineman. How about that? Uh, That'll be on the other side here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Hey, follow us every time you can on our social media at 943thegame on Twitter. Also, you can follow our new Instagram. What's the Insta handle, Ben? It's just 943thegame. Nothing special. Yep, that easy. And then, uh, obviously, like us on Twitter. I'm uh, on Twitter at pmanonair. Ben's on Twitter at? I believe it's like bbarham13. I just tweet into a void. Nobody follows me. I'm one of those people. (laughs) No, there's plenty who are tweeting into a void. All right. We will be back with uh, our pirate report. So don't you dare go away on uh, this Patrick Johnson show Tuesday. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 943thegame to take us anywhere you are at any time. And now, Patrick.
Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, We are uh, getting ready for ECU and uh, South Florida game move to South Florida. Boca Raton, the FAU Stadium, 2.30 will be the uh, kickoff coming up on Saturday. We will be on the air. Uh, Check us out around 11. We'll have a little uh, deal for you. Uh, Ben with kind of a lead in and then pregame for uh, the Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown with yourself, uh, myself, uh, or me. Jeez, Louise. Me and Terrence Copper (laughs) will be going off at 1130. It's been a day, Benjamin. It's been a day. All right. uh, Here is uh, Jason Shuford, pirate defensive lineman. He's a big old boy from Statesville. Big guy. Uh, and he talks about, uh, you know, the coaches have put some belief in him. And uh, he's proud of that fact. I mean, it was great for me, honestly, being that I've been here since freshman year. But my, also, all the coaches believed in me to put me in that spot and be able to perform the way I perform. So I felt great about that. Offensive line to defensive line, or defensive line to offensive line, now back to D-line, and he discussed that switch. Well, my heart had always been on D-line, see, because growing up in in high school, I always played D-line. I never played offensive line, but the coaches thought that it would be good for me to try offensive line for more playing time, and I went up to the coaches and asked them, you know, could I switch back, because I really wasn't liking it like that. It's, it wasn't in my nature, and they... Always believed in me since I've been in here, so they believed that if I moved back, I could do it, get the job done, and do what I had to do. You know, good for him uh, going to the coaches and, and you know making his case and and telling them his true feelings. Good for him on doing that. Being a man, it's always important to to lay out expectations, Ben. Always important in life that everybody needs to know what the expectations are. And, uh, and look, I'll tell you, honesty is the best policy always. And he was uh, honest, and he, wanted, he gave him his expectations. He wanted to play. And he was, felt he was a better defensive lineman. Uh, Jason Shuford on the next man up mentality. Well, our coach, we live by the motto, next man up. So if one go down, we just got to be ready to be able to prefer and do what we got to do to get in. So I just stuck to the game plan like the coaches wanted, and that's how I performed well. All right, let's hear from Jalen Johnson now. He talks about the Pirates uh, bouncing back from the loss. You got to just be in the moment. Obviously, it was a disappointing loss. We know we should have won that game. But with practice being on Sundays, it is after the game. I mean, we don't got time to sit around and pout. We're on the USF and trying to get a win. There you go. Uh, He talked about uh, learning to start faster. Jalen Johnson cut seven on the vast soundbite roster today. It was good just to face that adversity, I mean, because nobody ever gave up on each other. And then we were always, like, having a good mindset, positive mindset, thinking about what we can do. And now I think that with that game, we'll learn how to start even faster, even with teams who are playing us like that. He gives us a scout, does uh, the Georgia transfer on USF's defense. Um, I feel like they play a lot more man coverage. Like, they trust their athletes more. They're going to um, put their corners on islands because I guess – They've got belief in their defensive players, as they should. I mean, they recruited them for a reason. So I feel like they just play more true, like, man, single high. They just 
giving you the opportunities. Somebody's got to make a play, either him or me. And this is Jalen Johnson uh, talking about the team being uh, player-led and all the guys taking accountability for the other night. Good teams, they're never going to give up on each other. They're always going to be player-led, not coach-led, too. So I feel like we, we've got like good leaders on this team who they're not going to let us just sit around, pout, uh, think that the season's over because it's far from over. Um, everything we want, as in a conference championship, is still in front of us, and I think it's still um, maintainable. Great stuff there from uh, Jalen Johnson. And uh, now let's uh, twist our uh, thoughts over towards basketball. First day of practice uh, across the Fruited Plain. And this is uh, Coach Mike Swartz talking about his group trying to get healthy for the fall. Yeah, you know, I hope we're in a better than decent spot, but you know, I, I, we're going to get healthy right now. Hopefully, we've been a little banged up through the fall. Um, a couple injuries that were nagging at the end of summer kind of lingered into the fall. Feel like we're getting back there right now, Stephen. And um, the biggest thing that we tried to establish is what we wanted to do on the defensive end this fall, um, and and the conditioning aspect of the pace of play that we want on both sides of the ball. So I think we're getting close, uh, but we have such a long way to go. Obviously, and today we we start the next chapter. Uh, more from uh, Coach as he discusses. Uh, well, I tell you what, Ben. Uh, why don't we go down a couple cuts? Because you know he was talking generally about the health of the team, right? Yeah. Uh, our guy Ben Byram, who uh, was sticking his nose in there today. Yeah, I don't care about how he feels about the uniforms or the hey, paint. Hey, hey, the paint hey, in the hey, gym. Hey. I'm sorry. I, I, let's get down to business. Let's get down to basketball. Let's get down to brass tacks, Ben Byram says, because despite all the um, the the jibber-jabber, Ben wants to know about Winston Tabs, and this was Coach Swartz uh, answering that question on uh, the status of Winston Tabs. He's getting, he's getting there. He's getting there. He has not been fully cleared yet, but he is back working out, and he, he's on the court, and he's doing really well. It's just going to take some time to get him back on the court in live play in and, and, and terms of bone-on-bone contact stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be kind of the trouble part, you know, is uh, how he reacts to all of that and, and getting him back, as, as Coach says there, uh, to that kind of bone-on-bone com- contact. I, I hope everything goes well. I think we all do, quite, quite obviously, because uh, I think he – look, he's right now, and, and he's going to be, you know, limited – just naturally limited physically and and part of that is but he he's the guy who can who has some experience who is who's played in big games and is a proven shooter and a proven scorer and this team's going to need some of that early on i think um back up uh where coach Swartz he's ha- he's had some big uh some big pickups on the commitment trail the recruiting trail this guy can recruit Mike Swartz talking recruiting. Yeah, I mean, recruiting is always just, you know, it's, it's the bloodline of any program. And so that never stops. And it doesn't matter if you're in the offseason, the summer, the preseason, it doesn't make a difference. Recruiting doesn't stop in terms of trying to do what's best for the program and making sure that our, our guys and our staff does such a great job getting out there and evaluating and, and getting a chance to, you know, see potentially uh, future players, your future student athletes. And so uh, that's been nice that we've gotten off to a good start. 
Yes, it has been. Uh, great stuff there. And uh, more from uh, Coach Mike Swartz, uh, who was speaking to the media today ahead of uh, the first practice, first official practice of the 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, he talks about uh, what needs to be established this fall. Now, I don't think we're anywhere near having a rotation what we want. I, I think we're still at the point where everybody is competing and, and competition is what we need to be about. Every day we have to find a way to get better. Every day we have to find a way to compete at a higher and higher level. Nothing's been established through the summer and through the fall. Some guys have been had a little bit have had stronger summers than others and some guys have made some headway. But in terms of what's been established, I think we have a really long way to go. Mike Swartz on if anybody has started to show so far in their uh, early season workouts the ability to score the ball. Yeah, there's been guys. We've had guys that have had, you know, more consistent stretches scoring the basketball. I mean, if you know, just specifically, I think Javon's had a really good summer and fall scoring the basketball. Uh, Quentin DeBunge has had a good, you know, when he was, he missed a little bit with a, with a slight injury, but when he was in there, he scored the ball pretty well. I think Caleb, the freshman from Los Angeles, has done a nice job scoring the basketball. And, you know, some different guys have stepped up here and there. Uh, Benjamin Biela has done a good job scoring the ball. RJ went through, uh, RJ Felton went through a good spell this summer, but it has not been as consistent as we hope it's going to get. Um, but again, defensively is where our focus has been early. Did you stick around and watch any of the practice at the beginning or you had to get back? No, I had to get back. Unfortunately, I wanted to. I want to get some videos and pictures, but we were rushing How'd, back uh, here. Did you see R.J. Felton? How is he looking? If you saw him, I didn't see any players. No okay. players were. They were saying they were not there about, for this portion of the. I got. You. Yeah. By the time I left, it was still another ten minutes before they. I got uh, you. Popped out no, for practice. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> um, Coach Schwartz saying competition is always at the core of what they are doing. I think competition is always going to be at the core of what we're doing in terms of the guys. I don't think anybody can ever get comfortable in terms of where they're at. Uh, that's coaching staff. That's players. I think we're always evaluating, but there's no doubt about it. Anytime you go from the preseason to the regular season, I think competition goes to another level because I think the guys know that minutes and playing time and rotation is all it's close now. I mean, we're 42 to 42 days away from playing our first game. Yep. And that will be against Mercer. Have Mercer on the uh, 8th of November. It'll be here before we uh, before we know it. Uh, elsewhere, Coach Swartz today talking about who could be running the uh, point this year. I think right now, uh, you know, the guys that have kind of established themselves as a point guard on this roster have been uh, Javon Small plays a lot of the point this in the offseason so far. Uh, Caleb LeCount has played a lot of point guard. And Jaden Walker, who's been dealing with a couple nagging injuries, and you know he should be coming back real soon. He plays uh, on the ball some, but you know I think all three guys have the ability to play on and off the ball. So we may have to do it a little bit by committee, where we have multiple guys. But I would also love to have two or three point guards on the floor at the same time. So it's something that I think that could be the bonus part about it. All right, there you go. Uh, he also talked about his front court. Probably you look on paper, obviously, where we're our thinnest uh, in the front court at the five. We, you know, we have Luigi, and Luigi is a true center, and he's got the experience. But after that, we're really young. 
Uh, we're young. We have mostly freshmen in at that spot. Brandon Johnson's had a good, uh, you know, off-season camp in the summer and in the fall, playing at the four spot. But we're gonna. That's gonna be something that I don't know if we'll hit our full stride with where we're at in the front court until we get closer to our first game. And, and who knows? Maybe even in the conference play. But between uh, you know Ezra Osar and Valentino Pinedo and Elijah Jones and Brandon Johnson and Luigi, you know, those five guys. And very likely we're going to have to size down a little bit and play one of our bigger wings at the four spot and, and go that kind of route. And that's just, but that can be an advantage too. We just have to get to that. And uh, cut twenty here on uh, our soundbite roster today. Uh, a little more specifics on the freshman Ezra Ozar. It's been good, you know. I think with, with Ezra, the biggest thing is is that he he can't just rely solely on his physical ability to have success. And I think that's all freshmen. I think all freshmen that are at this level are here because they've had success. They've had success in high school. They've had success in club basketball. So Ezra is very physically gifted. He's made good strides. He's gotten better and better. But there's another level mentally that I know he wants to get to. There's another level execution-wise. There's another level when you realize you're on the court with guys with the same physical attributes you have, the same size, the same athleticism. But that's no different than any freshman in the country. And Ezra's doing a good job with that. And we need him to. We need him to continue to want to grow where hopefully by January, we don't look at any of our freshmen that are playing as freshmen because we're going to need some impact from them. Yeah, and uh, Mike Swartz, final thing from him here about uh, the hardest thing to see in a player when recruiting. A couple of the things that are a little bit more difficult to evaluate in recruiting is how consistently hard someone plays, their effort, their tenacity, their intensity. Some of those things, you know, you can see it and you're watching a game and you go to a practice but we get to see it every day now. We get to see it when they're having good days, when they're not having a good day, when they're struggling with something, when they got something off the court that might be distracting them. And I think that's when you really realize. So I think across the country, everybody's trying to get their teams to understand that when you step in between the lines, when you get to practice, whatever's going on off the court, which all of our student athletes in all sports have a lot going, that they have to find a way to be locked in physically, mentally, and the, the maximum effort. And that's where you got to grow as a team because it, you know, no team has it figured out yet. Yep, uh, undoubtedly he is uh, correct on that, and uh, that is uh, that is true. All right, good stuff there uh, from Coach Schwartz. Great stuff by uh, our guys today. Ben's going to have an update uh, here in just a few minutes. In case you missed uh, some of our audio, he's going to have that for you. But before uh, we kick it over to Ben and then get ready for our Houston huddle, the summertime is over. Boy, what a gorgeous day today. Benjamin, have you been outdoors today? I have. Gorgeous. It's not too hot outside. It's very, no. uh, it's very comfortable. Lovely. It's lovely. We walked last night. I know a lot of people. You know, they don't like walking in the heat and humidity, and or exercising outdoors. So now they're getting back outdoors a little more. It's a perfect time of year to play golf. You got fall ball. You got soccer. You got football. You got your kids doing all kinds of things. You know, you got to tend to your yard and garden still. You know, all of that's going on, but that joint pain is still lingering, too, for a lot of you out there, and it's time to do something about it. Call QC Kinetics now. They've been uh, helping people get real lasting relief from chronic pain, like in your back or in your hips or in your shoulder or in your knees. They've been doing that for a long time now. QC Kinetics can get you moving again with cutting-edge regenerative treatments. There's no drugs. There's no downtime. There's no surgery. Regenerative medicine uses highly concentrated healing properties from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. QC Kinetics, they're the number one leader in this uh, science. It's a breakthrough natural approach to eliminating joint pain. 
Lots of people have done this here, and they are living life to the fullest pain-free. You need to join them. Don't assume that the old ways of dealing with joint pain are the only ways. Call QC Kinetics today. Stop putting it off. Call now for a free consultation. I'm going to give you the phone number. It's 252-765-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. That's 252-765-PAIN for QC Kinetics. Ben Barham here for your 94 through the game sports update. The American is the following change to its 2022 football schedule as the Pirates will play South Florida this Saturday at 2.30 at FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida. Coverage begins with Pirate Game Day countdown at 11.30 for our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Gopper. And we'll have a bridge show before that uh, at ele- coming at 11 o'clock with coverage coming your way on Saturday. Moving on. ECU head coach Mike Houston spoke to the media earlier today. He talked about the team's travel plans as they head down to Florida with Hurricane Ian in the wake. We plan to go with Friday. Um, you know, obviously, everything that we're doing, uh, the thing that's you know, front and foremost is the, self, uh, the health, and, health and safety of our student-athletes and our staff. Everybody, you know, has safe travel. Uh, I do think the route uh, that we will be taking uh, should be free of any weather, uh, so I don't think there'll be an issue getting in there on Friday. Uh, and it's supposed to be, you know, really pretty, pretty weather Saturday afternoon. With Hurricane Ian set to move over Florida's west coast Wednesday and in, in, into Thursday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be temporarily relocated into South Florida. The team announced Monday even. The Bucs will depart Tampa on today, today and will spend the week practicing at the Miami Dolphins back to Baptist Health Training Complex in Miami Gardens to the end of the weekend. If necessary, a couple other games from the state of Florida were moved, uh, even including South Carolina. South Carolina State at South Carolina has been moved from Saturday to Thursday, and Eastern Washington at Florida has been moved from Saturday to Sunday. Moving on, ECU basketball held their first practice of the season today. Coach Mike Schwartz talking to the media. He talked about what needs to be established this fall and for year one of the rebuild to have a competitive basketball team. Now, I don't think we're anywhere near having a rotation what we want. I, I think we're still at the point where everybody is competing and, and competition is what we need to be about. Every day we have to find a way to get better. Every day we have to find a way to compete at a higher and higher level. Nothing's been established through the summer and through the fall. Some guys have been had a little bit have had stronger summers than others and some guys have made some headway. But in terms of what's been established, I think we have a really long way to go. We have another ball brother joining the Charlotte Hornets. As the brother of their star player, LaMelo LiAngelo, has signed a one-year non-guaranteed contract. He'll play with the G League affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm. The Hornets begin their preseason play a week from Sunday when they travel to Boston to take on the Celtics. And the Carolina Hurricanes are hitting the ice early to begin their preseason. The Canes will skate for the first time against another opponent since their round two playoff exit last season against the Rangers. This will, all be, this will also be Tampa's first preseason game. The puck drops in Raleigh later tonight. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. This 94 through the game sports update brought to you by Team Boneyard, a NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Coming up, we'll hear from Mike Houston in today's Houston Huddle on the other side of this quick timeout. 
here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup. It's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy and Vital Care of Greenville. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Okay, uh, we have our uh, Pirate uh, Houston Huddle segment coming up uh, right now. And uh, let's uh, start it here as uh, Coach Houston joins us uh, every Tuesday uh, on the uh, Talk of the Town morning show on 1037 WTIB, Henry Hinton and myself, uh, for a uh, conversation about pirate football. We start with uh, a question from Henry. Did uh, Navy really uh, throw any curveballs or anything that maybe caught him off guard? Well, I think the biggest thing is what happens every year with Navy is – as the season goes on, they are going to play better and better and better because you get the the whole timing of everything worked out offensively. Um, and I think that, that that extra time, they they certainly they showed up and they were exactly who I thought would show up. Uh, they were the team that I remembered from last year. Um, I think that uh, you know they did have some new wrinkles and things defensively uh, that uh, they did a very good job with. But I think it was a, a really good college football game between two really good teams. Uh, I think it was highly competitive like I anticipated. And from my experience of, you know, a decade plus of being a head football coach at the college level, going against a lot of teams like Navy, um, it was exactly the kind of game I thought it would be, uh, just giving all the factors that there were. Uh, and, you know, certainly we had the plays uh, available to us, uh, especially late in the game, uh, to win it. Um, and I'm just I'm disappointed that we did not uh, we did not execute at the right moments uh, to be able to secure the victory. Uh, it certainly wasn't for lack of effort or uh, you know anybody not you know not not putting forth their full intent. Uh, it's just uh, it didn't come out our way. Such an emotional loss uh, as the head coach. Uh, uh, what's the psychology involved now in making sure these guys don't have a letdown? And because uh, you know after a loss like that. Everybody kind of leaves the stadium a little numb. Yep. Uh, but we, we go back to work on Monday morning. <laughs> right. these, these guys have to get back out there on the field and, and go through all this again. What's the psychology involved here as the head coach? How are you getting them back uh, ready to go? Well, I didn't sleep Saturday night. So, um, <laughs> I'll bet. You know, the thing, the thing we did, you know, we watched the tape on Sunday. And you know, I, 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 I try to be extremely just straight and transparent with the players. Uh, on, on all matters, but especially when it pertains to the game. And you know, I met with him before we watched the tape, and I said, you know, what you're going to see is you're going to see um, some instances where we're, you know, not doing a great job with communication, or we're not doing a great job with execution, and we are we are causing ourselves not to be successful in certain situations where we should be successful. And when you're playing 
uh, you know, a, a very good defensive team where you're playing up a, a difficult scheme uh, offensively, um, it, it, if you don't execute, you know, you're not going to be successful at all. And, you know, what they saw was there was a lot of plays there that we didn't make Saturday, and it's, it's on us. You know, we've got to coach better. We've got to play better. We've got to prepare better. Um, and, you know, it's a fine line there, but they're very motivated. Uh, they're very motivated Sunday. They'll be very motivated today. We will have a great practice this afternoon. Uh, we just got to take a great week of practice and take it to the game field on Saturday. Coach Houston uh, with us uh, here as we talk about uh, the Navy game, but also start to look ahead to uh, USF defensively, even though, Coach, uh, the defense was on the field quite a lot. Uh, I thought played very, very well. Jeremy Lewis had a, a tremendous game. Xavier, Xavier Smith was Xavier Smith. And then uh, we got a chance to see Chance Bateson on a lot of plays, and you talked going into the week that, uh, we will start to see that young man play more and more for your defense. Well, I think, uh, you know, after after last year, where it was a little bit of a shootout up there in Annapolis, um, you know, we went back over the summer and, you know, just adjusted a lot of the things uh, that we did defensively and, and gave them a lot of different looks. Uh, and I thought our kids did a great job, number one, of executing the game plan, and number two, I thought we matched their physicality uh, up front you know, I thought our defensive line, linebacker, safeties, I thought we really fit things with the aggression we had to. Um, and so I think that that's the reason you saw a lot of success was just a, a really good job by a lot of people in preparing for this football game. And, you know, like I said, these kids have invested a lot in preparing for this offense. We have prepared for this offense all preseason each Sunday night. Uh, so this was not just a, you know, three- or four-day kind of game plan kind of deal. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day uh, – you know, we the, the big, long pass, uh, I hate that we mm-hmm. gave that up. It was a very aggressive yeah. call. Uh, we had, you know, it's, it's the thing that you preach to them. You have one guy's eyes that get out of place, and you give up a big play. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we did some good things defensively, but we didn't, uh, we didn't play well enough. Coach, as far as uh, Keaton Mitchell's status, what, what can you tell the listeners this morning? Uh, he should practice this afternoon, so. I expect to have him full speed on Saturday. That's good to hear Mike Houston with us this morning. Uh, Coach, I just uh, let's move on to the South Florida game, but I do have to ask you about the uh, Elijah Morris ejection. Uh, we all saw that in the stadium. We saw the replay. It did not look like targeting to us. They reviewed it, and I thought when they reviewed it, they would they would wipe it out, but they didn't, and it was shocking that they didn't because, I mean, good Lord. I mean, it, it, it looked. It, it did not look like he led with the crown of his helmet. It did not look like he hit him in the in the face. Uh, what's what's the status of, of Elijah Morris for Saturday? And um, did you did you do anything like uh, contact the uh, league office to discuss that that call? Um, he, he will be with us for Saturday. Uh, so the 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 penalty was just for the Navy game. Um. But uh, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I kind of saw it the same way. Um, i got to be diplomatic about how I answer the question. Uh, you know, it's, I did talk to the head of officials for the league. Um, I think, in, uh, and this is my perspective of it, if the flag is not thrown on the field, there's no way that um, review would have initiated it as a targeting call. But, you know, with the flag being thrown on the field, you know, when they look at that, if, if they, they have to check off that there are not elements of targeting. 
Mm-hmm. And by the technical definition, you can find elements of targeting in that play, which is very, very tough for a defender. Uh, it's, it really makes it tough on how you coach the kids because they can't go low uh, on a quarterback. That's a foul. He was trying to go in the chest area, and the quarterback ducked. Uh, and that's when, uh, you know, his helmet made contact with the face mask of the quarterback. Um, but anyway, it was called. You can't do anything about it now. Um, you know, I've, I've had some in-depth discussions with the, the head of officials for the league. So we'll just move on. Nothing to do about it. Understood. All right, let's talk South Florida. They're one and three. They uh, lost big on Saturday to uh, Louisville 41 to three. Uh, but I tell you, I saw them. I, I watched the second half of their game at Florida. They had Florida yep. beat, <laughs> no doubt. And, uh, and so you know, uh, playing South Florida, uh, you know, again, that's another one of those teams that traditionally we have a lot of trouble with. So tell us, uh, right. tell us about Saturday. What, what's your expectation for this game? Well, first, they are extremely talented all over the field, both sides of the ball. Uh, they brought in a ton of transfers defensively. Um, they have a transfer quarterback that started at Baylor last year and had a huge season at Baylor. Um, you know, they have the playmakers on offense at wide receiver and running back, have a very good offensive line. This is a really talented football team, which is why you see, you know, the performance against Howard and the big win there. Like I said, I've watched the Florida game every every snap, multiple views in the entirety, and it's, you know, how do they lose that game? You know, because they had the lead late. Florida scores, then they drive it right back down the field, then they botch a snap on a field goal attempt and, and don't you know don't don't send the game to overtime. So um, talented football team, very dangerous. Uh, had a bunch of guys out against Louisville. I had three receivers out, had a couple of defensive kids out, played very poorly against Louisville. Uh, now Louisville, I watched that tape and I wonder how in the world that bunch has lost a game. I mean that's a talented group, especially the quarterback. But you know, it's it's a talented South Florida team. Uh, it's uh, an improved team over what we faced last year, talent-wise, um, and I'm sure they're looking to get everything back on track and more looking like the team again, that played against Florida and Howard uh, than what they look like Saturday. So I, I do think we'll see the receivers back. I heard that uh, Weaver, number ten, who's their top receiver, was dressed for the Louisville game but did not play. I do expect him to be back. Um, number five, Horn who is a dynamic return specialist and receiver. Uh, we have heard he is back. So uh, I, I expect them to be at full power on Saturday night. I was going to ask you about the receivers and, and what you knew status-wise with them so that you covered that, obviously, be, Coach. Defensive, yeah, be back. De- yeah, defensively, uh, how, how do they line up defensively? You know, they, they've had, uh, obviously, talented on offense. You mentioned the Baylor right. transfer. Uh, defensively, though, they have uh, – Teams have had success scoring the football against them this year. So, uh, defensively, what challenges do, do they present? How do you see that matchup? Well, they have – I'm counting it right now. They have about 14 transfers, and they're too deep. Um, about seven of them start. Uh, they're a 4-2-5, four, 4-3, four, uh, you know, four-down, multiple defense. You know, I think the strength is their inside linebackers. Uh, Antonio Greer is a fifth-year starter. Uh, number eight transfer from Minnesota is a very, very good player. Uh, number 11, who's been a three-year starter, is a very good player. So I think they run really well, strike really well. Uh, the big D tackle, the transfer from Minnesota, Chaney, uh, really stands out interiorly. Uh, they got a defensive end from Missouri that's a, a really good player. 
Uh, they have another mm-hmm. defensive end that's a multiple-year starter that's a really good player. And then their their secondary is transfers, two transfers from K-State, transfer from Rutgers, and a kid that's been there for a couple of years. So they've got a bunch of guys that have played at a high level. Um, I think that they've, you know, against Florida, they played very well. Uh, against Howard, they played very well. Uh, they played very poorly against Louisville. Um, the one D tackle that didn't play against Louisville, Yates, uh, we don't know his status just yet, so we don't know if he's going to be back or not. But you know they they're they're big, they're athletic, they run really well. Um, they haven't gelled just yet, so mm-hmm. uh, I hope they don't gel on Saturday. You know that's that's the thing is they got a lot of talent, uh, but they, you know you got to put that talent together. Coach Mike Houston, coach, we're out of time. Uh, always great for you to uh, come on Tuesday mornings. We enjoy the chat with you. Uh, going to be interesting to see where what the decision is today about yep. where the game's going to be played i don't i mean and and you know again i don't know that uh, raymond james stadium is a big home field advantage for them but wherever this game's played it ain't going to be played in tampa it doesn't look like so you know, they're not going to have a home field so it's going to be interesting it will be but yep. uh you know the 2020 season prepared us to kind of adapt <laughs> for about anything so uh our kids will be ready to go thanks coach thanks a lot coach, appreciate you guys all right all right, there he goes, Mike Houston. And, uh, of course, that game has since been moved to Boca Raton, 2.30 Saturday. Houston Huddle, brought to you by Vital Care, Infusion Services of Greenville, and by Healthwise Pharmacy. Thanks to Coach Houston. Thanks to Ben B. Baby Byram, also our hardworking crew of uh, Cookie, Chris Cook, and the ref, Philip Pilkington. We'll be back tomorrow, midweek edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll get a kind of look into what is going to happen with this Hurricane Ian because it's going to start to – make its way towards our neck of the woods we want to give you an update of what's going on so we'll check in with the storm team nine folks and david sawyer and uh great guests tomorrow plus a big announcement on the show how about that big announcement ben on uh the program tomorrow. yeah yeah all right we'll have it for you all then see you at five o'clock and in the morning on talk of the town have a great rest of your evening everybody